Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Dude, I, knew, I, I knew you'd set me up for this question. There's a lot going on. I could take it down the sports road or I can take it somewhere else, but we'll just leave it at that because you know when we take it down sports, you know what we're talking about. Well, sports, sales, someone should do the sports and sales podcast actually at some point. it would. It, there's a lot of parallels there for sure. And, uh, you know, it is kind of cool actually, Larry, the different sports teams that you get to work with. We actually get an upfront uh, you know, front row seat, pun intended, to seeing the parallels between the sports world and the sales world. But that's for another episode. We've got a great conversation today. I think you're absolutely going to love the ideas that we share in today's conversation. But uh, as we get started, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, one of the things that I really have appreciated, and I just want to say a huge thank you because I've been watching you put out resources for the sales community that, that have been tremendously helpful. Um, one of those being the daily dose of inspiration, the email that uh, so many of our listeners get every morning that uh, gets them fired up, gets them refocused, calls them back to their, uh, to their heart, to being authentic. And I just want to say a huge thank you to you. I see the work that you do every day putting those emails together. No, I, I appreciate it. And it kind of stemmed from, I'm a big Simon Sinek junkie. And I just eat all the digital droppings that guy will throw at me. And I love, I love opening my email every morning because I feel like I get this personal message from Simon, even though he doesn't even know who the hell I am, but that's okay. But oh, we'll get him on the podcast someday, Larry. Oh, wouldn't that be something? But I said, you know, what would it be if I took that theme and I just flipped it around? And that's that's really where the Daily Dose inspiration came from. But I, it, it was with a twist. And it's every day you get an action item delivered right into your into your inbox. It's not fluff. It's practical stuff. It's It stems from questions and conversations that I have with salespeople. And I really push the button on this. And actually, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Well, I enjoy it too. And it really is cool seeing, um, you know, fresh ideas and it recalibrates me every morning. If you'd like to learn more about that, just text the word heart to 21,000. Text the word heart to 21,000. That'll take you straight through our resources page where you can see the daily dose and learn about other ways we can help you grow your sales career. So thank you, Larry, for, uh, for your, your investment in all of us. It really is making a difference. It's all, it's all good. I, I love it. it. It makes my day every single day. Well, and all of this is about focusing on authenticity and coming back to that. And today's conversation is going to be right in line with all of that, is, is looking at authenticity in the context of sales processes and in the context of, well, I don't want to dive into the conversation before we introduce the guests. I'm getting fired up already, Larry. Why don't you introduce our friend and, and let's dive in. 
Oh, this is going to be wonderful. But just before we bring Jake Dunlap on, I've enjoyed getting to know him through my social eyes and seeing what he brings to the sales world with process. I love how he pushes the button. He's a kindred spirit. I love pushing the button as well. We talked about sport. So just a clue, I'm, there might be a sports take in here every now and then during the podcast, but I'm just thrilled to bring Jake Dunlap on. So welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, Jake. I'm excited, guys. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're glad you're here. And Jake, you know the co- the question that every Selling from the Heart guest answers. And I'm curious your take on what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? It, to, to me, that it's a belief. It's a belief. An, an unequivocal, I think I said that right, um, belief. We make up words all the time. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's all good. <laughs> I, I, I think I nailed it. Right. I mean, I, did, I went to Missouri, Missouri state, so that's a big, um, so I, I think it's a belief that you, you help, that you can help people that I, I believe if you don't have that conviction that you, you are an expert in, in a field or like that niche of a field and a belief that your job is to do what's right for the other individual, that that's what selling from the heart means to me. No, and it's so it's so cool because you used a word that's near and dear to me, Jake, and you said conviction. And you know, I, I I'm a big believer. Not only do you have to you have to deliver your message with conviction, it has to be clear and it has to be concise. Mm-hmm. And people smell that. And unfortunately, I'm going to flip this thing around just for a moment. Is there's so many salespeople out there, unfortunately, that are just delivering a message. They're disconnected from the message. They're just delivering it. People smell it. And then they wonder why things happen to them the way they do. You got to quit, quit, go find something you're passionate about. If you can't, for me, I love the game so much. I love sales so much. Um, I can get passionate about a lot of stuff. (laughs) And like, that's what makes, you know, that's, that's what, you know, being a consulting firm is we got to get passionate about a lot of different industries. Right. Um, But I feel like if you're not focused on that, you're not focused about like, I believe, I believe, believe in your heart and your mind that, this is going to drive an outcome. You, you can't be all time. It, it's, it's absolutely impossible. Yeah. And belief, boy, we could talk about that the rest of the podcast. And, and I think, you know, um, belief is something that happens in the heart, right? This is, this is not, belief is not a head exercise. It's a, it's, you know, it's a hard exercise. Darryl. It is, it is absolutely. And so I love that answer. You know, I know one of the things, Jake, that you're passionate about is helping companies scale and helping them grow and you get involved in, in process. Why are you so passionate about that? Cause I can see that oozing uh, from you in, in, in the conversation that we've had so far today. Yeah. I mean, look, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll start with like an anecdote of when I was, you know, um, early in my sales career, you know, I was, I'd been in sales, you know, at post school, I did sales in college, telemarketing in college too, but you know, and I had a, a director and so I was, I was good. I was already good. Like I had done telemark, like my first two and a half years, like I, I was a successful, I, I sold into sports. So I worked for the Tampa Bay Rays and then the Phoenix Coyotes. Hey, shout and, out to the Rays, Jake. Sorry. I know, man. The Rays are looking good. They, they, <laughs> yeah. they, Larry, that, that's in, in 03, 04, 05. That's not the team that I sold. Let me just put it that way. We were bringing like hey, Fred I, McGriff back from the dead. Like it was like it was a, they were, they were, they were not good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And if you learn how to sell that, but, but again, like that, that's a whole other topic about like how I learned to sell outcomes and not the team. Right. I sold time with your family. I sold quality and building a relationship. So, you know, building new clients, et cetera. But we can talk about that later. The story I think is important about process is this. So 
I went to a company career builder, which at the time was, was the largest job site late two thousands, right around the financial meltdown. This is too, like late 2007. Um, and I, you know, I was in a training class of like eight people, I think, yeah, like eight or nine. And I, I hadn't sold anything. I was the second to last person. And I'm like, what is going on? I am Jake Dunlap. I'm God's gift to sales. Like, how is this not happening for me? You know? And you know, I went to my director, this is December. He listened to one of my calls and he said, Jake, why aren't you following the script? He's like, why aren't you following the process? And I'm like, <laughs> Evan, <laughs> the script, the process. I am Jacob Dunlap. I, you know, like, what, what do you mean the script and the process, right? Like, and he goes, dude, do you think we're stupid? He goes, do you think we train a thousand salespeople on something that doesn't work? Like that you think we develop this process because it doesn't work. And it was a massive light bulb moment for me. I'm like, well... No, you know, I'm what 26 at the time, right? 26, yeah, 26, 27. Next month, I closed sixty thousand dollars in new business, and the light bulb completely turned on to me. Holy shit! There's just a right and a wrong way to take customers through the journey. There's a discovery. There's how you position what you do in terms of problems. There's the right and the wrong way to do the demo. There's a right and a wrong way to drive momentum. There's a right and a wrong way to handle a big meeting with multiple stakeholders. That epiphany. And then that's what allowed me, you know, again, to be successful as a leader. And then I moved into leadership three months later. My team was the number one team two years in a row and percent to quote out of 25 teams, right? I had the most people promoted for my teams. Why? I can build an army of B pluses. I can build an army of B players because I have that. And guess what? If you're already a B, I can make you an A because I, like, and then you bring the heart that that's the difference between a, being a B plus and an A minus or A. I can, there's certain things I can't quite teach you, but I can get you to be I can build an army of people that hit quota every other month, you know? And so that is my journey to being like a process junkie. It's like, I just realized like, oh my gosh, sales really, there is a right and a wrong way to do this. And I still believe that today that, that sales is not this dark art. Like there's a right and a wrong way to take buyers through the journey based on your customer path, like based on your customer experience and based on um, your product and the market, you know, whatever that combination of, a J seven one two J for you is there's a right or wrong way to do it. So so here's a here's a question and and I've been dying to ask this anyway is why do you think salespeople struggle to follow process and and I'm not I, and this isn't this is straight across the board but where I really see it and 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 I think the situation that a lot of us have gone through in 2020 has exposed it is with the tenured reps the senior reps out there that have gotten by with the past a little bit. And then all of a sudden you might see them struggle. So just from your take, why do you think salespeople struggle to follow some kind of consistent process? I think there's a, there's a few different reasons. Um, some more, I don't know, easy to fix than others. Step, step one is job security. Meaning if something's more complex than an art, guess what? I, you, you have to pay me more, right? If something is just, if, if everybody realized that just like coding, just like everything, sales is a process, like I wouldn't pay you as much. So job security, um, and that goes into sales leadership, right? So sales leadership is, if I say something, it's like, well, look, building a sales, a sales team, Larry, is very hard. There's, a, there's all this stuff, Mrs. CEO, that you don't need to know about job security, right? I feel like we, we allow it. We allow sales to operate in this like, you know, art, arti- like pure artistic way. And and that'll change. There's just no doubt. Like I had, I think the 2020s are going to be a, 
a revolution in, in, or maybe an evolution is a better word in sales. Um, so I think that those are kind of the underlying factors. Um, and then just a, again, it's like, if you believe that sales is a process, does that make you less of a seller? Like, do you, are you, are you now diminished because the process is repeatable, et cetera? And I, I think that those are candidly a lot of like, I think a lot of the reasons are psychological versus actual. And I think people have like a, a limiting belief almost, or a, a, a protective belief. Like if it is a process, well, what's my value? You know, and so I, I think it's most of it, whether we want to admit it or not. I really think it's packed into that. Yeah, and and I think you know so many in our audience. I'm obviously the selling from the heart community is is bought in a hundred percent to being authentic and, and bringing like your real self to the table. And and I think there's something about that that like bristles as soon as you say. <sighs> Yep. script process, all of that. Like, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Because yeah, I think a lot of people in. go, let's be relational. Let's, yes. you know, I want you to know I have your genuine thing and I have that, you know, and I'm, I'm just playing, playing the advocate here. The, no, 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 this advocate. is a perfect. I'm so glad you brought this up because. Yeah, I, so how do we yeah. do it? Like I'm, I, look, look, Jake, I, I own the relationship. And as soon as you tell me what to say, I become a robot. And Jake, people can't have a relationship with a robot. Come on, man. Yeah, I love this, dude. I think you're <laughs> you're really positioning, you're really positioning it the way that it, it's so true, like what, what you're laying out. So I, I, there's a couple of points that I'll make and maybe just some food for thought. Uh, process and structure equals freedom to be yourself. If you love are our, our brain... Our brain, the human brain, cannot actually multitask. Like we, there's certain people. Like everyone thinks they can. If you don't, if you don't have an idea of what the next question is, and it's not like in a bullet, you're thinking every, you're constant. Your discovery process, right? And let's just, I'm going to focus on different parts of the sales process that I think structures most. The discovery process. How many times have you hung up the phone? Oh crap! I forgot to ask them this. Oh whatever. So think of it as guide point. I, there's, there's six stages to my discovery or six core questions. And I'm not going to jump around so I can be present. I can listen. If I know that my first set of questions is about who is this company? What does the role look like? I know my next set of questions is about like departmental and big priorities. Then my next set of questions is about what they're doing today and plans to get there. I can be present. And that's actually better. And so it, it's not... You know, you can, you can phrase the questions in your own language. You can do whatever you want. But guess what? When, it, when a customer starts to go down a rabbit hole, I don't go down the rabbit hole. I, I, Larry, that's a great point. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions about that coming up. Okay, great. So next, so let's just really think about the discovery. If, if I don't have a structured process, I'm all over the place. Right? I don't have a, a you know, conversation. I have a structured conversation. And I think, and, and, and it allows me to have deeper conversations because I'm present. I am present. I am curious. I'm listening. I'm hearing at a global level. Okay, Larry answered this question. I'm not thinking about the next question asked. I'm like, Larry, I hear a little hesitation. Can, can you go a little deeper on that? Right? Whereas if, if you're constantly being like, okay, yeah, that's good. Okay, so next thing, random thought that popped in my head. So that's one. The discovery process, I feel like you cannot be present without some level of structure. So that I think that that's, that's kind of like the one area where I think 
process really, really helps. Okay, um, I want to pause here, Jay. Yeah, go for I it. Just, man. I just want to punctuate that. And this is, you know, part of, you know, we, we always talk about how we live in a post trust era, how trust is at an all time low. And if you're going to build trust with someone, you have to show up, you have to be there. And, you know, and I think that part of us that bristles and goes, yeah, don't, don't, don't fence me in with a script. It's not fencing you in. It's actually giving you the support you need so that you can show up so that you can be eye to eyes, heart to heart, and you can pay attention to what's going on. I think this point right here is so critical. I just want to highlight, punctuate, yeah. underline because we miss it, don't we, Larry? Yeah, no, and I just I just want to throw another word out, and then Jake, I mean, continue to roll because you're throwing some golden nuggets for everybody. Mm-hmm. Is you know maybe for those, and I was really keen into what you're saying, and I'm and again, I'm going to play the devil's advocate just on the word, and we'll just play word you know games for just a second yeah. for those salespeople out there. Go process right. I'll buy into a yes, no, whatever. Replace process with framework. Same same exactly. Concept. Maybe yes. it's a different yes. word, and I I think mm-hmm. if we frame it that way. Hey, just create a framework for you to have an intelligent conversation with somebody. Cause I think, right. I think a lot of times Jake, when salespeople hear the word process is eh, right away, but if they hear framework, maybe it's, mm. maybe it'll just have them look at things. A little I agree. Bit. Yeah. I think that's a good call out. And, and I think too, like, and, and I want you to hear the process within the process. I decided the framework within the framework I laid out. There's also a right and a wrong order of operations of questions. And yes. this is something I think a lot of sellers do. So step one is role and fit. Okay, why do I talk about who this person is and who the team is? It tells me who, I, who needs to be. What's Because here's the thing. What's the whole goal of the first meeting? To get the second meeting. The whole goal of the first meeting is to get the second meeting. And guess what? With the right people. There is a like 8% chance that you're meeting with the right person and they make all the decision on the first meeting. No, you're meeting mm-hmm. with some random dude or woman who picked up the like whatever responded to your email. So... <laughs> If the whole goal of the first meeting is to get to the second meeting and, and I know who the team members are, what does the team look like, what's the breakdown, I can now drive momentum at the end. Then I need to know departmental priorities. As soon as you come, as soon as times I, what I hear is, because I think this is focusing on the questions, we're getting real tactical, but I think it's, it, it, there's some good, very tactical advice in here. If I go to, okay, well, great. So how are you using video in the prospecting process today? And that's the third or fourth question. As a CRO or VP of sales, I'm like... I don't know, dude. That's my sales ops team or SDR teams doing that. You know, like I, the the issue is you got to keep it high level and then go tactical. So Mm -hmm. it's like the order of operations. I'm understanding who this person is. Now I know how to tailor the rest of this conversation to where we're going. I understand departmental. Now I can talk about how we line to bigger picture things versus tactical, then tactical. If you switch the order of operations, then you will not generate as many of the outcomes that you want at the end, which is second meetings with the right people. And so I think like, again, it goes back to, you know, everything we're talking about is psychology and psychology is a science. And I think it's important that like, there, this is, if you are an expert, if you are a true sales professional, you are an expert in humans and you're an expert in sociology, an expert in psychology, an expert in emotional intelligence, et cetera. And I feel like if you're not studying, all of this is science. All of this is moving people, you know, the things that you do and say to move people in a, pro, in a, in a conveyor, like, you know, and again, they, they, there's a slight variations of it. And I think, look, I naturally grew up very interested in science, you know, interested in chemistry. So I have a very 
scientific method, hypothesis, testing mindset. And this is just what's fleshed out of it that I, I think that the, and then the, the rest of the process is the same. So like, and I'll just, and I'll, I'll kind of punctuate and then we can dive deeper. Every sale is the exact same, my friends. It's just an accordion, sometimes bigger deals. If you get a meeting with a decision maker, what happens next? We got to go talk to the end users, make sure that they like it, potentially do a proof of concept, come back up to the decision maker, get their buy-in on budget, then move forward with a proof of concept, then set KPIs for success and close the deal. If you start with the decision makers, I start with the decision makers. I then get the, their whole team on the phone to do a demo. Assuming that that goes well, we'll loop in our decision maker to talk about budget for, for a proof of concept. Then we do the proof of concept. Guys, it's all the same. Every deal is identical. And I feel like we, we over, like we overcomplicate it. But when you really look at every deal, it's identical, identical. So and so, so denying a process I don't know. Like why choose a world of chaos? Like why, why, why not look at the patterns? Why, you know, why, why pick chaos over pattern recognition? So I, I see an analogy here, Larry, and unfortunately it's not a sports analogy. It's, it's, it's an art analogy, but this is, you know, I think that the sales professional that balks against process says, let me, you know, I'm an artist. Okay. Well, let's think about how an artist paints a painting. You start with a canvas that's defined you paint the background of the painting and then you do another layer and another layer. If you get those layers out of order or you don't paint on the canvas, you don't have a piece of art at the end. And so there is art, there is a relational dynamic here, but it's got to be in the confines of, you know, the canvas and it's got to be done in a logical order. Otherwise you've got a relational mess. And there's a lot of relational messes out there. Got a lot of just throwing paint, (laughs) you know, and some of it's hitting the. That's what most people do, though. That's exactly what they do. Most people are like, "Look, I've been painting for 20 years. Don't tell me what to do. I'll just, you know." And and again, they don't prep the same way they used to. They don't show up the same way. They they get lazy, you know. And 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 I, man, I I actually I'm really and again we can we can take this a lot of ways. I'm extremely worried. For field sellers. Like if I think about reps that are in their forties, fifties and, oh. and, and older. And if you're in your sixties, like Daryl. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe Daryl's in his sixties. <laughs> I just, I look younger every year. I get that strange. I got the Benjamin button disease. So. Hey, <laughs> so that's the right, that's the right one to have. I mean, I, I look, I, uh, and, and let me tell you why, because a lot of the things we're talking about are only going to be more true sales. If think about what it means to be in sales and how, th- what that actually means is shrinking every two to three years. We used to go hunt our own deals, mm-hmm. work our own deals and manage our own customers. Well, then we introduced SDRs. Then we introduced account management. Yep. Now marketing is moving it to where, you know, half these salespeople like the lead's not qualified. The lead's not qualified. Dude, you, the job is not information giving. It's called sales. I, my job right. is to create the need, right? right? Like that is the technique I learned, you know, it was like, look, they're not interested. That's your fault. Like you go out and figure out how to make them interested. So, <laughs> but, but what my point is, but, but how many seller, again, what it means to be in sales is shrinking. And I think that the new skills that you're going to have are, well, it's, it's what made people great project management. I'm a people coordinator. I'm a people coordinator. I put you in my process. This is what it is. And the actual selling that kind of like, all right, let's have a convo. I think that's going to become a shorter and a smaller part of what 
the sale looks like. We've already taken away lead gen for a lot of teams. We've already taken away working your own accounts. We've already, we're starting to take away getting them from somewhat interested to some level of intent, right? And we've kind of, we're starting to shift that blame to marketing. So I feel like, you know, we're bringing in sales engineers more and more, right? So now we're taking away the talking about the implementation process. So I want all my sellers out there, I want you to see, I want you to read the tea leaves here of where we're headed. That what it means to be in sales, the only skills left to me are project management and EQ, which is selling from the heart. It is, can you move people? Not, can you be their friend? And look, this is where I think this, this, this is interesting. If you've done strength finders before, you know, they've got like, you know, you, you kind of force rank your strengths, right? There's 34 of these strengths. You know what my 34th is? It's empathy. I'm horrible <laughs> at empathy. And everyone who knows, they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, I've just built constructs around me to be good at it. Like it's, it's in questions and curiosity. And, and, and the reason that I bring that up is that look, and, and I teach my teams this and we teach, I'm not trying to make a, a friend in Seattle. You can edit that if you need to. Like, I'm not trying to make a friend in Seattle. I don't need, I'm not trying to make a buddy in Chicago. I'm trying to help your business. And if we become friends in the process, fantastic. And, and that is where I feel like sellers are really struggling. They're focused on the relationship. But again, that shrinking component, people, and again, look at your buyers now. We're closing seven, eight-figure deals like via Zoom. My friends, you think that's going away? It is not. No, no it, get used to it, people. Just, and you got and you gotta be focused on the outcome. So, so going back to kind of tie this point in a bow where I feel like if you are a relationship seller, don't understand what the word relationship means to the buyer. It means the buyer outcomes for the buyer and buyers want more and more. The relationship they want is evolving and you as a seller have to evolve with the relationship the buyer wants. You don't get to pick how consumers want to buy. You have to adapt to how consumers want to buy. You might want to get on the road because you hate your family and kids and go drink wine and you know get hammered and play golf. But guess what? If your buyer doesn't want to do that, it's over, you know? And I feel like a lot of sellers need to just wake up to, Hey, what is my buyer asking for? So there's a lot in there, but I hope this, I hope this helps some you know, <laughs> sellers really maybe reposition you know, some of the way they're thinking about their future and their career. No, I mean, if you can't tell that Jake's pretty passionate, then I don't know. But, but as, as I, as I was listening to what you're saying, I, I, I have to flip this around just really quick, Daryl, because I was really keen in on what you were saying just a few minutes ago when you started talking about SDRs and BDRs and lead gen and all that. Then I go, you know what? I'm going to stick up for salespeople here for just a second, just to play this, just let's just play this out. Love it. Look, look what's happened. I believe that all the course surrounding salespeople has made a lot of salespeople lazy. We've pacified a lot of salespeople. So yeah. instead of coaching salespeople up to become professionals, right? Now, now I'm going to date myself, but that's okay. Is, you know, I had to fend for myself when I came up the sales ranks, I had to fend for myself. There wasn't all the luxury yeah. of what there is today, right? So maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm a little bit hard on some of this stuff. But, you know, we go, okay, well, sales reps stink on the phone. Well, instead of coaching them, we'll just give them SDRs and BDRs, right? Well, instead of salespeople, you know, prospecting and doing all that, we'll find lead gen sources for them. I get it. I understand it. It's a part of business. I'm not here to deter it. But in all actuality, look what's happened to salespeople because of it. If I'm just flipping this around. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, there, there is no question that the buyer 
buying process and, you know, the buyers have shifted. Obviously we're now in, you know, I know that. Yeah, in, get in it. Zoom world and we're, we're in a world that, you know, I mean, to even talk about the internet being part of the buying process is laughable now that it's 30 years old. Right. So um, the, the reality though is, is, and I love what you're saying, Jake, in terms of the cold glass of water in the face, I think is to, to really look with fresh eyes and an honest inventory of what's going on right now in the buying process. And, you know, do we leave the uh, relational components, uh, you know, behind? No, no way. No, not at all. However, yeah, you you know, the, the old days of, uh, Hey, I just want to stop in and see how you're doing, you know, <laughs> that, like, or, or the let's go play golf or, you know, we're in a world now where we've got to yeah. figure out how to survive without that. And, and I think that, um, going back to an understanding of the process and I'm going to say, you know, I have my marketing hat on here. I mean, we like to call it a sales process is actually a buying process. Yeah. Right. It's not, uh, we're not, we're not, we're just facilitating this. We, it is helpful for us to really think about that process, that framework so that we can show up in the right ways to be helpful to people where they are. And, and Larry, I, I just want to, you're, that's exactly it. And Larry, I'm actually, I'm in violent agreement with you, meaning <laughs> You know, and, and what I mean by that I is like, I, love I, it. I, I grew up, you know, that's how I learned, you know, that's what I did. Right. I learned, I had, I, you know, my metrics. So I'll be out there and I'll get, I'll just go back to career builder, a hundred dials, two and a half hours of talk time and two meetings set every day and closing and managing accounts, hundred dials, two and a half hours of talk time, two meetings set a day. Okay. Right. Like that's, that was it. It is what it is. And I, and I, and so Larry, I, I, that's how I grew up. I do believe that this over, there's actually Adam Smith writes about this in, um, what is his, what is his book? The wealth of, is it, well, is Adam Smith? Wealth, yeah. wealth so he, he talks about over specialization that actually that over, but there's a detriment, there's a point of over specialization. And then okay, there's another economist who's talking about it actively now. So I believe we are starting to over specialize. Like I believe we're getting to that point in sales and we're going to have, we're going to go back, in a little bit to where like, imagine that the inbound SDR, the inbound SDR is the worst role ever created. And sorry, if you're an inbound SDR, imagine this, you really want to get a meeting with somebody. You're really excited. Right. And then that person says, Hey, you know what? I'd be willing to go on a meeting with you. You know, you say, okay, I'm kind of interested. And then you, you have your best friend show up to qualify them on the first meeting. They're like, uh, what is this? Why are we throwing up barriers? It's stupid. It's just process for process sake. So, so there right. are elements where, you know, I feel like we are over-processing or over-specializing. So uh, I think it's about right, finding the right fix, you know, and, and that's really, you know, kind of going back to scaled and what we do is it's about what's the right process for your buyer, for your customer. It's not, not, not everyone should do it. You know, if you're in ad sales, maybe you should have your sellers continue to work with accounts because it's really a perpetual sales process. And maybe account management doesn't make sense for you. Uh, on the flip side, you sell an ERP system with a three to five year license. Doesn't make sense for us. Like, I just feel like we're looking for simple. We're looking for easy. And the reality is it's, it's, it should be different for every organization and, and different for every buyer type and customer journey. And I think that, that, that to me is what we've got to get to as opposed to, I feel like what we're doing is we're trying to dumb it down, Larry. I think we're trying to make every org look the same. 
every customer looked the same, every buyer journey looked the same. And it's, and it's what, and it's why when people go buy just a pure out of the box methodology, dude, no, no. Like that's why, you know, for us, you know, we've got kind of a, a, I don't know how you just like solution selling that. Like anyway, like when you kind of look at some of these things, um, people are looking for simple and easy and quick fix. And there just isn't one. Mm. And it's like, just invest the time to understand how you're, like you said, uh, Daryl, you know, how your buyers and customers want to interact versus how you want to sell. And I yeah. feel like right now we've got a lot of that twisted. We're so focused on what we want and the org we want to build and, and making it this versus how do our customers want to buy. Wow. What a great conversation, Jake. I knew this was going to be uh, action packed and it is not disappointing. <laughs> we got into it, man. I love, I love it. <laughs> We have a lot of violent disagreement, but to have violent <laughs> agreement is a whole new uh, level of I love agreement. It. Love it was it. beautiful. Hey, just thank you so much for investing in us today. And uh, thanks for, for all you do. This, this has been a great conversation. And, and I think, you know, I, I know this has sparked a lot of uh, well, violent agreement, but also a lot of thought inside my head about how all this works together. So, hey, thanks for who you are and what you're doing, Jake. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I enjoyed the conversation as well, too. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of like final note is sales isn't going anywhere, right? And so I want, I want people to take away from this that, that the point is sales is evolving. And that I think a lot of people just need to make sure that you are being smart about where you're evolving to. And, and that's, that's, that's what I want to leave people with. Very good. Well, very good. And thank you, everybody else in the Song from the Heart community. We appreciate you. It's great interacting with you. Um, and by the way, thank you to everybody who's leaving a review on the Selling from the Heart podcast. I see those ping across my Slack channel. And uh, it's just so great. It helps us spread the word more than anything. And so it means a lot. Thanks for leaving it a review. If you haven't done that, go ahead and do that at the end of the podcast. Don't forget about the daily dose of inspiration from Larry Levine. Just text the word HEART to 21,000 and get hooked up with a daily dose and a bunch of other resources. But until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, be authentic inside the process, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.